projects with, with weekend packers and we love to right. go with golf. And I, 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 I think that, that, I showed you guys that on the weekend. Yes, 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 you did. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, welcome. Uh, different thing tonight, Sunday Night Live here with Golf Days Australia. Normally we do our Tuesdays. Tonight we're doing Sunday, a bit different. We've got a few things on this week, so it works better for us to do a Sunday night. Uh, we were meant to have Dan Lawson on tonight. Something came up for him, but we've got a, another great one for you, and he's jumped into the hot seat, so we're looking forward to talking to Blake in a second. Give a big shout-out to Dint Putters, obviously, uh, you know, looking after us, uh, sponsoring here at Golf Days Australia. So big shout-out to Dint Putters. We had a great promotion for them again this week with the 15% off. So hopefully a few Steve-O got into that one, the GDA 15. Yeah, mate, I, I spoke with Anthony today and uh, we had a couple of orders go through, which was fantastic to see that uh, a couple of the guys had jumped in there and, and got involved, which is, yeah, awesome. But yeah, thanks again to Dim Putters for supporting us here. So let's jump into it. Uh, tonight's chat with, like I said, this guy jumped in last last moment. I messaged him today when I got, uh, you know, the notification from Dan that he couldn't join us. So huge thanks to him. Uh, very, very, very promising young Novocastrian. Uh, that he's hit the ground absolutely running since turning pro. Uh, Blake Windred, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, boys. Thanks for having us. Nah, no dramas at all, buddy. What's uh, what's going on at the moment? What are we up to today? Mate, not too much. I was uh, just having a day off golf today uh, yep. and actually did a bit of gym work and went for a run. Yeah. So uh, just, just trying to stay in shape for summer. Any protein shakes there, mate? Mate, a couple, not as many as Bryson, but um, yeah, I'm chasing him. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Did you have a hit yesterday? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, out at Waratah Golf Club, not yeah. too far from um, where I live, and had a nice little money game out there. So uh, been good, eh? A little bit, yeah. little bit wet weather though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, hopefully, try and um, I know I know we need rain in certain parts of the of the country, but. I'm hoping it doesn't rain at the vintage tomorrow, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, Magenta on Tuesday, if someone can organise that, that'd be great. But you mentioned Waratah there, and we'll jump straight into it. That that holds a bit of a special place to you, that you were involved in Waratah Golf Course as a junior. How did you get started in golf? Let's let's go through that. What what age were you swinging them? Mate, I, uh, I've played golf ever since I could remember, actually. Um, yeah, we I grew up next to a golf range in uh, Cardiff. And dad's, uh, yeah, just had me hitting balls over there since I could remember. And uh, I played soccer until I was about from probably like six till 11 or 12, 11 maybe. And um, yeah, basically while I was playing soccer, I was always on the Sunday mornings at six o'clock. Um, you know, dad was taking me out to play cadets out at Waratah. Um, yeah, so I still remember uh, great memories actually, you know, teeing off 6 a.m. on a Sunday pretty pretty uh chilly out there on the on the back nine have a pint of coke at the end and uh yep. mate that's that's what i remember of kind of starting uh competitive golf yeah so dad got you into it is that is that how so he, was he yeah. the role model for you in, in getting into golf yeah yeah he was he's um mate he loves his golf he he watches uh pretty much every round of every tournament um he's yeah obsessed with it but um yeah, he doesn't get to play too much anymore. But, um, yeah, no, he's definitely uh, the one that got me into uh, golf and got me to pretty much where I am right now. 
So you, you talked about um, you know playing soccer up until the age of eleven. So you've you've got you've you've kicked that habit, I suppose, and and gone more into golf. I'm, I'm assuming there, and um, you know you, you qualified for the New South Wales Open at 13 years old. That, that's only a couple of years after that, but yeah, tell tell us about that. How did that happen? Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy actually because I. Um... Dad actually came up to me and was like, like I've entered you into a qualifier for the New South Wales Open. I'm like pro tournament. Like I like literally like two years before that, I was, I still remember up at the vintage, I was, uh, I went, walked around maybe the third round or something. And I was, I was getting autographs of James Nitties and Aaron Townsend and all them boys that are like my good mates now. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So when dad come to me and said that, I was kind of a little bit in shock. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's, it was like a couple hundred dollars to enter. I was a bit like, oh, no, no, don't do not do that. Don't do that. And then <laughs> anyway, I ended up um, just having a bit of fun and no pressure on me, obviously, um, as no one kind of thought or expected I would be able to qualify. But around my home course at Charlestown, I actually uh, think I had one over or something like that and got me into like a six-way playoff and ended up uh, going head-to-head with Harrison Endicott you know, for oh, six yeah. holes or something, made a couple of birdies. And um, I ended up getting a uh, reserve spot and got the call the next day when I was at my mate's house that I'm going to be uh, playing a professional event. So it was pretty, pretty hectic, actually. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty full on for that, for that age. It, it felt like I was playing uh, at Augusta or something, US Masters. Just, just into high school and, and sure enough, into a qualifying event and, uh, and got the call up to to get playing. How, how did you do? You remember too much from that uh, that experience? How did you play? Um, I actually played pretty pretty well in the second round. Uh, that first round, everything was a little bit like it. It kind of moved real fast. I felt um, it was real wet out there, and they turned two of the par fives into par fours at Newcastle Golf Club. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty long, to say the least. Um, yeah, I pretty much, I think I shot like 82 or something. And I wasn't even like that unhappy. I was a little bit down. But like next day yeah. I went out and was able to actually beat both of my um, professional playing partners the next day. It was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I think I'd like 72 or something. So, um, yeah, yeah we, got, we got some really good mem- – well, I got some really good memories from, from that tournament. And um, we got the, a little bit of footage as well. So. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get that out one day when I uh, lift up another trophy. Trophy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Are. That's incredible experience at 13. Did you, going on from there, was there any age, uh, you know, as a teenager where you were like, I just, I don't want to play golf anymore? Have you had those moments in, in your career? I, I mean, with teenagers, it's so hard to, to push through into that, you know, uh, professional ranking because there's so many things that come up as a teenager. Did you have many of those moments where you're like, maybe I don't want to play golf? Mate, honestly, I I can't say I have. I feel cool. like I've always I've always uh, wanted to be a professional golfer um, for as long as I can remember, and I feel like my family and friends and everyone that knew me knew me for golf, and it was just like this is what I. It's just what I do, I guess. Um, so I've never ever kind of um, you know gone away from that path um even through high school obviously and everyone's starting to 
you know, have parties and, and um, yeah. you know, 16th, 17th, 18th, you know, it's, um, I, you obviously have to make a few sacrifices, but um, yeah, I felt like I stayed on a real good uh, path and, and worked hard through them years to get me to where I am now. So, um, yeah. So are you golf obsessed? Are you a golf nerd? I personally, I wouldn't say I'm a golf nerd. I, I yeah. love competing and I love, um, I guess, just being under the pump and performing in front of uh, many people. That's, I guess that's what I want to do uh, for yeah. the rest of my career, um, perform in them big moments. And I, I honestly don't watch too much golf, to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel like I practice it every day and, um, yeah, love golf um, and love what it's done for me and my life so far. But, um yeah, I'm not too much of a golf nerd. No. So do you, do you get into the technical side of it, like the equipment and the actual technique? Are you heavy into that? I'm actually uh, quite the opposite. I, uh, you know, it's it's not unusual to be at a tournament and one of the boys picks up my driver and goes, what shaft in that? And I'm just like, I don't know, it's blue. <laughs> 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 well, the reason I, I mentioned it last week with Timmy Hart, the same thing. He had no idea what shot. He just didn't really care. Uh, he's not that into it. So it's interesting. We've got guys like Adam Burdett who are very much like need to know everything about it. And then there's guys on the other end of the spectrum. I always find it interesting. Um, moving on to the Asia Pacific Amateur Championships, obviously a, a, a massive first round. Um, you shoot 63, nine under. That that your lowest round at that you know at that kind of level yeah it was that was my lowest round um in tournament golf and uh it was couldn't have happened at a better time i suppose just before i turned professional in a big big tournament that's obviously um televised and um something well as a major um that i was preparing preparing for for like many years i suppose so um happened at a great time um Actually, it could have happened in the last round, which would have been true. Cool too. So, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We won't. We won't talk about the last round. <laughs> no, no. It's. Uh, it was actually such a cool experience, and you know, uh, probably the my favorite tournament I've played today. To be honest, um, yeah, favorite tournament I've been a part of. Just how professional it was um, run, and you know, all the like the media coverage and the, the press conferences and interviews um, on live TV and stuff like it, mate, that's what uh, dreams are made of, you know, performing so you're getting in front that of, first uh, taste of, of, of the pro oh, life there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just like even after that first round, uh, I remember having that putt um, like 10 foot uphill uh, for birdie on the last. And I was kind of, I knew there was cameras, you know, following me pretty much the whole day, but it, there wasn't that many people out there um, and it was kind of getting late in the day and stuff. And I knew I was, you know, obviously shooting a low round, but um, I was enjoying it that much that I kind of just forgot where I was in a, in a way. And uh, yeah, made that putt and walked across the bridge um, to sign my scorecard. And, and as I'm signing my scorecard, I hear the comments like the American commentators, um, you know, calling my name out and basically watching that putt over and telling you know, <laughs> the uh, the world that I'm I'm leading that tournament. You know what I mean? It's, it was pretty yeah. pretty cool. I had to turn around and and watch that while I was uh, signing that scorecard and really take that in. Yeah. So how did uh, how did you sleep that night? You know, leading that tournament. Was that something that um, 
was tough to, to, to handle at that, at that stage? Um, yeah, it's one of those things. I've always been pretty, pretty good under the, you know, under the pump. Um, but it was, it was a different feeling. It was more, I was, I can honestly say I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I was like, so, um, excited. Like I was so excited. I wanted to get out there and play that next round and, and perform again, you know, in front of everybody and, and try and play well and back that, that, uh, low roundup. But yeah, I, I felt like I slept all right. Um, there's a few things I obviously did take away from that week with, uh, obviously social media and stuff and, yeah. and just, you know, walking away from that uh, first round or most rounds, but definitely the first round and having, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of messages. Um, and your first instinct is to obviously you want to be a, be a respectful, nice person and reply to everyone. And it's, it's obviously not possible um, in them circumstances and stuff like that, but I'd never experienced that before. And um yeah, I guess that was my uh, introduction into that kind of, um, yeah, big televised stage, you know. Yeah, so I suppose taking the next step there, and that's probably a good segue, turning pro. Uh, it sounds as though the, the story lines up to it's just going to be inevitable, that that's just the next step for you to be taking. Is that how it was for you? Talk, tell us about the experience about turning pro. Yeah, so. Uh, I I turned pro for the WAPGA over in Kalgoorlie and it was one of those things I've, I guess the expectation is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a decent amateur golfer, um, top 10 amateur golfer in the world and you're making your pro debut um, and it's like, you know, I always got told when I was younger, you know, playing for money, it's just, it's, it's a different um a different beast and it's, yeah. it's just so different to amateur golf and it's so different and you you hear that so much that i was nearly i guess i was nearly like believing it but um yeah after that that first round i think i shot like one under or two under it was something pretty basic to to um put put my name on the scoreboard and um yeah it was the exact, i can, can confirm it's the exact same golf as amateur golf i feel you know it's just you're just going out there to play the best golf you can and um i guess yeah if you are in a position thinking too much about money well that's something you're going to uh you know deal with away from the course um you know and set yourself up for when you when you are in them you know positions on course you know yeah so you mentioned there about the wapga so you just turned pro your first event wapga that's a kalgoorlie we've spoken about kalgoorlie and wapga we spoke about it with felts because in that that one felt's come runner up. That was when Becky got on a run and just hold everything. Um, you end up coming T eighth. How was that playing your first event as a pro? And and you needed a top ten result. Is that right? You to to then get into more starts. Yeah, that's that's correct. So going into the last round, I think I was maybe tied twenty seventh or something like that. Um, and you know I was off a little bit earlier than the leaders, obviously, and and went out there and made turn turn like three under or something. Anyway, the last four holes, I think I birdied uh, and there was some pretty long putts in there too. And uh, like a 15 footer on the last, um, yeah, to seal that like six under last round. And, and when I see my name uh, inside the top 10, I was, 
I was uh, pretty happy actually. It was um, that was a special special event to be honest. Even though I kind of yeah, like it comes tied eight, it was uh, it was very special to me uh, making my first uh, you know pro debut and and uh, and all that. But yeah, played some good golf and um, mate, I'm shattered that um, you know it's been called off this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how did you get the start in that event? So I was super fortunate to uh, get a sponsor's invite um, off the PGA and um, get into that event. And so obviously I needed to uh, come top 10 to get into the Vic PGA um, because I didn't actually, I wasn't able to get a sponsor's invite into that. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously come a top 10, get into the Vic PGA and uh, I guess I went to that tournament, the exact same mentality need to, you know, come top 10. And that's, that was literally probably the, the windiest conditions I've ever played in. Well, it was up there, top, top two. <laughs> Until we talk and, about uh, the next one. Exactly, exactly. So, you know what? It's um, something I really took away from that, that week at Vic PGA at um, Cape Shank. Um, yep. Mate, I, I thought that was the windiest conditions I'd ever played in. And the balls were pretty much rolling off the green. Um, it was, I'd, I'd nearly felt, you know, when you're walking around the course, just going, mate, this what is, this is nearly unplayable. Like yeah. I can't, I'm hitting like a punch bullet six iron, like 75 meters. It, it was just the craziest thing ever. Uh, but yeah, fast forward a couple of um, weeks and uh, you know, the next, I think uh, it was, yeah, two weeks later or the next week or whatever in Spain, I actually Spain. Uh, played literally just as windy or windier conditions um, at my first ever tour school. So it just go, just goes to show, you know, um, you know, these things, I always believe these things uh, happen for a reason. And if you can look at it in a positive light, then, um, you know, you, you got something to gain out of it, you know. You pretty much covered the next question we were going to ask. We were going to talk about the the Euro Q School, and um, yeah, you missed out in the last round, but but won the second round event um, in yeah ridiculous weather in Spain. Uh, I think we were talking windy there. It was like eighty k an hour winds. Um, yeah, how tough was Q School to to get through? So Q School was another one of those things uh, I've been told by so many. Uh, so many professionals um, that it's. Oh, oh. oh, we lost you, Blake. <laughs> there he is. He's back. moving again. There he goes. He's back. Go, mate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, that's right. Mum's yeah. oh, oh, uh, on Netflix or something, are they? Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's that's my two sisters. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah. So Spain, yeah. Obviously, I've just been, um, you know, told how how brutal tour school was. So coming to my first ever tour school, I I felt like I I felt like I was ready. Um, and playing my playing second stage in uh, Spain, I, I honestly some of the windiest conditions, and I just played so well all week, uh, and just had that kind of limitless uh, mindset to an extent. You know, just making as many birdies and getting as far ahead as I can because um, obviously you don't want to leave it up to the last uh, three holes or anything uh, when you're talking a, a job for a year, you know. Yeah. So um, I was able to – well, I ended up winning second stage by five shots, so that was pretty That was pretty cool. Uh, but, um, yeah, going into final stage, um, you know, the, the, the next week, um, 
I just honestly I played some great golf um, and and felt pretty comfortable to be honest. Uh, I just couldn't couldn't hole a putt, which was uh, kind of well, a little bit unusual. Like I, I usually um, that's yeah. a strength. Yeah, it's usually a strength. I usually um, putt pretty good, but wasn't meant to be. And uh, I've got to say that that plane trip home from uh, Spain to uh, Sydney, yeah, that was that was brutal. The long one. That was a long one after missing uh, tour school. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's um, that's that's um, that's what golf's like, right? You know, pe- people do that um, six, five, six, seven years in a row. Like it's it's um, it's all learning, and I'm I'm definitely going to be uh, stronger for it. You know, when I go back there. So looking at a at a positive there, but obviously winning by five shots in Spain in that weather that that's a lot to take take home from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I did play some good golf that week, and it kind of just, um, yeah, really made me realize how I can compete with these guys. Even though you know, one of the guys I played with them, I think the first three rounds at Q School um, in the second stage, I was talking to him maybe on that third day. We only got into kind of a little bit deeper conversation. Then I was like, oh, so where where do you play? Because he was um, he was Spanish. Like, what tour do you play on? He goes, oh, no, I played European tour the last two years. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I just didn't um, didn't really even think like that too much. I was, uh, yeah, kind of shocked a little bit because these, these guys, are they're really, really good players. But when you kind of get closer to the top, everyone's just like these one percenters better yeah. than each other. So, um, yeah, it just made me realise how, you know, you can compete with these guys on on the you know on the European tour in tournaments week in week out, um, but yeah, definitely motivated me um, you know to come back and and really play some good golf back here. And um, well, I was at that stage trying to yeah just set myself up for some uh, challenge tour this year. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a sec. But you come back from I guess missing out on Q school, and um, we'll jump to the Australian Open. You're you're was it your first Australian Open, two thousand nineteen? Yeah, yeah, it was my first Australian Open. And yeah, so, so and your home track, before. home track, um, and you're the first tee off, first thing in the morning. Is that right? Yeah, first thing in the morning. It was, um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough tee shot. Ten, 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 ten at seven, seven left, o'clock in the right. morning. Yep. Bunk, yeah, yep. the um, the the sun was right there, and. Uh, Honestly, I I don't usually get that nervous, you know, um, before rounds or on the first tee, but I was on the range warming up for that round and I I felt pretty awful over it, to be honest. I was hitting it everywhere and that's that's when I did start to feel a little bit nervous just because I didn't know where it was going. So, yeah, I, uh, I somehow slotted one down there and um, ended up making a nice little par there and you know what, playing the Australian Open uh, at my home, basically, yeah, my home course, um, yeah. a place I, I know pretty well, um, definitely made me feel a lot more comfortable, um, you know, when you're, when you're facing some heat, you know, on the, uh, in the Australian Open, you know, trying to make the cut and trying to, you know, get into the top 10 and top Survive five, you know, the ash and the top. smoke from the fires. Yeah, how crazy is that? I was just looking back on photos from um, from Aussie Open the other day, and yep. 
I, I completely forgot about yeah all all the smoke and yeah it was pretty pretty crazy times. Yeah, I was out there for the whole week um, scoring. So I was scoring and doing some stuff with the media as well. And and I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, uh, uh, players playing with masks on and stuff while they're trying to just survive and let alone win the Australian Open, uh, let alone with the wind and everything else that's going on. And I actually, I scored Scott Arnold, side note, but the 10th hole, I scored Scott Arnold on the first round, I think it was, and he puts it in left fairway uh, bunker. And he holes out from the fairway bunker for eagle on his Ooh. first hole, which is just insane. Um, so that's not a bad way to start. But you you set yourself pretty high goals. I've heard you say that before. But um, a top twenty in your, in your first Aussie Open is pretty impressive. Um, I, I, I guess you wish that it's at the Aussie every year. Yeah, exactly. And that's I guess that was the uh, you know the thing I took away. Or oh, actually, walking off the eighteenth hole. Um, you know, the way I finished um, getting myself so close to being in contention, you know, um, being, I think I was pretty close to that top five on the back nine. And yep. then obviously to make double on 11 and yep. just had a few things not go my way. It wasn't like I was playing bad golf, but um, yeah, just a few things didn't go my way. And um, to finish the way I did kind of, yeah, walking up that hill, I was, to be honest, uh, I'd probably like, 50 friends and family uh, from back in Newcastle and stuff come to watch me. So that was a really, um, yeah, great memory I have walking up that hill. But at the same time, man, I was I was pretty shattered, to be honest. I yeah. was, uh, you know, just finishing that way, I just felt like because it was at the Australian and I was playing good golf and I, I felt great, everything yep. was lining up. And, and yep. to finish the way I did, I really, yeah, I was, I was really... Uh, cut up about that but um obviously looking back once I drove back to Newcastle it was like looking back on the week and I, I was still I was pretty um I'm still pretty happy with it but, well, um, I guess I putting know, it in a bit yeah. of perspective at the end of it I mean being at the Australian as well you've probably thought about walking up that 18th hole so many times with what maybe shot you've got in and what maybe putt you've got um so I, I can understand how you were pretty shattered uh, you said you doubled 11 that's the par three what what happened there and was that the I guess did that get you rattled? Yeah, yeah, it kind of did. I was, uh, I, I teed up. I was, it was my honour, and I was playing with Rumford yep. uh, and one of my other mates, Shay. And uh, I get over it, go through my routine, get over it, and then I just hear a like bonk, and I was like, turned around. I'll, everyone's looking behind the billboard at this um, guy laying on the ground. I'm like, oh no, what's happened here? And old mate. Um, Oh, Denzel, I think, hit a hit a wayward drive off 10. Yeah. Clobbered this guy. Collected him. Yep. Mate, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. I, I can't blame that because, honestly, I, I didn't feel like I, I wasn't thinking about that over the, the shot that I hit. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy, um, you know, to kind of be a part of that. It was, like, it was pretty surreal. I didn't know if it was, like, a really bad injury or it just kind of, like, dropped him and he's, like, he's, you know, laughing about it. I'd. Yeah, I'm obviously very happy that um, everything was sweet. I'm pretty sure I heard after the after the round, but um, yeah, obviously just wind was off the right, left flag. I tried to. I'll always when there's that left flag, I always hit this little draw into the hill, and okay. it literally rolls down. Yep, rolls down perfectly, like inside ten feet, and I just put a little bit too much draw on it with that um, wind direction and flew the hill um, and obviously had to take an unplayable and make double. Right. So it's pretty uh, 
Yeah, that's a memory I won't be uh, won't be remembering. I tell you what, mate, you're not head. you're not the only one on that eleventh. I think Stephen Bowditch or someone. There's been a oh, few. Oh, really? Yeah, that that did that and, and and put it up there, unplayables and a couple more in there. So I don't think you're the only one that's had trouble on that eleventh uh, that eleventh hole. But I mean, Aussie Open, it, it's still a great result as a T16. But you're since turning pro, you, I mean, your results are pretty amazing to to start your your career. You know, a T8, T7, T46, T16, T36, T22, one miscut. And then T twenty seven, T thirty. It's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that would love that in their in their first year that probably never had that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've been super super fortunate, I guess, to just have the have the starts that I have had to my professional career, yeah. and I just uh, enjoy playing in front of the the crowds. To be honest, it's been pretty cool being able to play like uh, Vic Open and New Zealand Open in front of you know people coming out to watch you play play golf is it's pretty special you know like um kind of have to pinch yourself a few few times around you know especially um being in queenstown around them um, mountains and stuff yeah. it's just so surreal yeah Uh, Cobra Puma, got to give a big shout out to them. Exciting things happening with Cobra Puma. Obviously, we've given away uh, one of their Puma hats for if you could uh, guess the combination score between Bryson and Ricky in the PGA. Um, you may notice I've got a bit of a different setting here, Steve. I've got the fire behind me. Um, I'm at the uh, the vintage uh, at, at Hunter Valley. So, so know, beautiful spot, my beautiful spot. Got my red wine. A uh, couple of days uh, long service leave from from school from work, so I'm um, just going to enjoy it up here. A couple of days, we'll do some stuff with Cobra Puma tomorrow as well. So, living the life, mate. So jealous, absolutely jealous. Thing is, I don't even know how to turn this this fire off, and it's it's burning me. So I might might heat up too much in a second. <laughs> Who knows? As long as I keep this shirt on. So yeah, huge shout out to the uh, vintage here at the Hunter Valley and the Chateau Alain. Just looking outside now down the 10th fairway, kangaroos jumping past, sun setting, magic place to be, facilities, accommodation, food, the Greg Norman design vintage golf course itself. Uh, very excited to be here. Obviously, Copper Puma and the vintage. I can't thank them enough. Um, we're going to be dropping some videos shortly. Huge fitting with uh, Cobra Puma, looking at some of the new stuff. Uh, so Gavin Sutherland, he's a legend. Uh, he's going to take us all through it. So those videos are going to drop shortly. 14 Club Challenge, maybe will or not ideal, but yeah, it, it's a magic place out here. So if you're looking for a getaway, no better place. The Chateau Alain, the vintage, come and check it out. So you're coached by Gary Barter uh, at the Australian. Um, he also coaches Matt Jones. Uh, how long have you been with him? Yeah, I've been with uh, Gary since I was about 16, 17. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's done a lot for me, to be honest. Um, I My first ever coach was Ryan Smith at Charlestown, and uh, he got me to a, you know, a, pretty pretty good level um of golf and uh felt like i swung it pretty good but um obviously i was pretty much spending more time in sydney than i was in newcastle and um yeah i've started to develop a pretty good relationship with gary and gary's obviously um you know steered me in a pretty good direction so far and feel like um yeah there's there's good evidence you know even just with uh what we've been working on the last um, you know, five years of just like with my swing and and you know knowledge, my knowledge around the swing. Uh, I feel like I've developed some really good habits, and 
um, yeah, I guess at the moment with Gary, uh, what I've been kind of working on is, I guess I had a lesson like a couple of weeks ago and I kind of just said, mate, just tear it to shreds. Like, tell, tell me, like, where can I get better? Like these one percenters and, and really break down my swing. I'm not playing a tournament for a while. So, um, you know, we had a pretty uh, in-depth uh, debrief about my swing and, feel like I got uh, the answers that I kind of needed to uh, just to really work on, on things in my swing. And um, I feel like, yeah, I'm obviously heading in a pretty good direction at the moment, but um, mate, now we just need some tournaments to play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to get to COVID really soon. Um, I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things first. Modest golf, um, your management, uh, Mr. One Direction, Nahoran, he owns that. Is that correct? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he uh, he owns the management company. He's uh, yeah, he's he's a golf uh, nut. He he just loves it. Um, and yeah, it's, I I'm just very fortunate to be a part of the management company. They've they've got a pretty small stable of uh, pretty good players. Um, yeah, Tyrrell, Tyrrell, well, very, right? very good players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, just to kind of have the opportunity to be a part of that team is. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty good so far. Obviously, I, I think I signed uh, pretty much the first day of this year. Um, so I obviously haven't been able to kind of get over there and, and um, hang out with Niall or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Hanging for that one. I, I heard you say something about, um, you know, you're inspired by him as well and how he uses his, his platform, his social media platform, 25 million followers or whatever he has and did some great things with the, the bushfires when he announced that they signed you and, and some money in that. Let's talk about your social media game for a second. You you don't mind the, the Instagram? Yeah, Instagram's a, um, I guess it's, it's becoming, yeah, I guess it's just a part of... Uh, everyone's life now i feel like most people have instagram um yeah. or even you know some of them golfers like scotty and stuff i'm sure you know they have instagram and they don't you really use it i don't think but they yeah. they will have people you know run it for them uh, but yeah instagram's a cool uh cool little tool um to use and and help your um, you know yeah help you yeah your brand and and really i feel like i can just kind of I've, lately, I've been using Instagram to kind of just express, you know, my interest probably away from the course, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I feel like a lot of the golfing world probably just kind of see you for, um, you know, just what you do on the course and stuff. And it's it's cool to kind of, uh, yeah, express yourself away from the course. I feel like that's uh, pretty awesome at the moment, especially during these times now. It gives you a real good, uh, you know, yeah, place away from the uh, course to kind of go about, yeah. Yeah, well, you got you know five thousand odd followers of stellar model shots on there, mate. Yeah, so it's it, it's cool to cool to have a look at. Um, <laughs> Charlestown, a oh, Charlestown golf course. Oh. I won't stitch up too much about it. Charles, oh, we'll put some photos up on our Facebook page. So everyone can get oh, around right. it. Um, <laughs> Charlestown golf course. Uh, that was a, a home track for you as well, and and probably still is. Uh, you said before with Jake Higginbottom and stuff like. Must be great and ideal growing up with those guys in the system and around you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I still remember when I was about twelve. Um, always just going after after school, heading up to Charlestown to hit balls and and putt until dark, pretty much, um, every day. And 
obviously seeing um, he go up there, um, hitting balls. He was obviously my pretty much my idol growing up, um, just because he he was so young and obviously uh, had a really low world ranking and and mm. you know been a part of the same club and kind of gone through the same steps that I went through in the Jack Newton Junior Golf Foundation. Um, yeah, I guess I just really looked up to him. Uh, I mean, I still do, um, but it's kind of, it's pretty crazy because like now Higo and Nitties and um, Greeny and Townsend, all them and Flanagan, all them boys that I've kind of always looked up to, um, uh, just my good mates, you know, um, yeah. we, we all stayed in a house together, uh, at New Zealand open in Queenstown. Um, so it was, that was a pretty cool moment to just kind of hang out with them guys and, and yeah, they, they can, they were showing me the ropes that week so not yeah, a bad yeah. crop out there at charlestown i've only played charlestown once and i remember walking to the clubhouse and i think you're sitting there he can bob sitting there like you know they just had a round on a, on a Saturday, <laughs> and i'm like pretty good uh pretty good crop out there at, at, at charlestown and and i know that you you've used the guy there as your caddy the is he the pro there yeah he he's he's not the pro there he works in the pro shop pro Chris, shop yeah that's Chris, right chris is um yeah he's been really good to me he's um kind of uh I don't know. He's kind of guided me and and really just helped me with uh, anything I need help with. He's always, uh, I mean, he's he's kind of invested a, a fair bit in me. Um, just because when I was amateur, um, he he came to Scotland, he came to America, he came Netherlands, like he he came everywhere in Europe and stuff, and it, all off his own back. So um, obviously, I wasn't able to um, kind of um, fund him um, at that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just obviously, yeah, pretty grateful to have him in my corner and, um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's helped me a lot and I feel like he's, um, he, yeah, he's, he says he's enjoyed kind of traveling with us and, and meeting all the boys too. So, um, yeah, he's been good to me. And I suppose the last, you talked about it before, we need some tournaments to, to be playing. So we've, we've been under yeah, a worldwide pandemic for the last you know, six to eight months now. What, what's been happening for you in, uh, in that time? Yeah, so it's been pretty crazy because uh, I, I still remember just practicing uh, at the Aussie uh, kind of week in, week out after, um, you know, New Zealand Open, and then I was listening to, I always listen to Love Me podcasts. Um, so I was listening to some podcasts and there were just a few people kind of talking about how Australia could go into lockdown uh, mm. as well as the world. And um, it kind of sounded pretty surreal. And I was like, you know, how, how can I kind of approach this in a, in a positive way? Um, and, you know, it, could this, could I benefit from um, this kind of, you know, lockdown, I suppose, and can I come out the other end, you know, a better golfer um, after it, uh, while some people may be in different positions in their life, obviously, with families and stuff, and, um, yeah, might not um, obviously get the opportunity to practice as much, you know. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've done that. I feel like I've used it. I can honestly say I've, I feel like I've got better as a golfer, um, and I'm learning, obviously, every day and, and training hard. So, it's been uh, it's been a good time, but um, like a tough time. It's been a tough time because um, you still have them days where, yeah, you you know you don't have a tournament next week to motivate you or anything like that. It's I'm more looking at the big picture, you know. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure 
the hard work I, I put in now is going to pay off, you know, in, uh, in, in the next couple of years, five to 10 years to, so that's a huge way of sorry, Steve. I was just going to say that's a huge yeah. way of looking at it because I mean you've been pro for for four or five months. It's very easy to just go, you know, flip it and just be like, "You're kidding!" Like the world's turned against me. Here I am, finally get my chance. Blah blah blah. Like, it's very easy to get your head down and, and get um, unmotivated by that and maybe lose that that fighting you know spirit that you you want to have. So it's massive to hear that you've come out the other side and I guess used it as a positive and and something that you're hoping will benefit you in the long run and something you can go, look, I, I was a better golfer out of that. And, and luckily that probably, you know, it, it sucks for the world and everything, but for me and for my career, I benefited at that period. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously um, that's, it's something I kind of, obviously I've worked a lot with. Um, I've, I've worked, uh, I've done a lot of work with John Novak, um, my um, kind of mind coach. And he's helped me with a lot of that stuff. And, I guess uh, I've always tried to surround myself with people that will pull me up on that stuff if I kind of am acting a little bit uh, negative or anything like that. So I guess that's how, that's how I want to be, um, you know, known as, and that's how I want to, you know, um, yeah, I, I just want to kind of, um, yeah, be a little bit more mature about things and try and, try and um, you know, benefit from these crazy times, you know. Yeah. Uh, what is the plan for you in the next year to 24 months? Yeah, it's, um, I actually, I had two events on the challenge tour in Ireland back to back weeks, uh, lined up for, I think they were pretty much like next week I was meant to leave, but, um, mm. yeah, obviously with that, um, obviously only being two weeks, um, going all the way over there and having to fly back into the country, quarantine in a hotel and, all that I, yeah, I, I kind of felt like the the best decision was uh, the smartest decision was to, yeah, kind of leave them tournaments. Uh, and obviously, I was just focusing on playing some New South Wales Open qualifiers, like regional qualifiers. Um, you know, I think there was five in a row, pretty much. Um, so a whole month worth worth, and um, yeah, I think uh, they're pretty much been uh, canned now, which is very very unfortunate because I was really looking forward to seeing some, uh, you know, regional towns that I haven't been to out Dubbo and yeah. and a few of them other ones, you know. So maybe a, a couple of fun fun questions to, to get into now about, you know, your golf in particular. Um, yeah. Favourite shot to play first up? What's your, what's your go-to? Favorite, oh, my go-to club. Um, my go-to club would be... Honestly, like I've already said, uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with putting. I love putting, and I can I can practice that all day. You know, I can I can really just stay there on the green and um, yeah, just listen to a podcast and set out all my drills and just stay there for hours. Uh, so yeah, definitely putting. I I, I rely on putting a lot too, um, and it's um, yeah something that I definitely yeah, base my game around. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, with putting. There's something hearing the, the ball going to the hole and seeing it going to the hole as well. It, it, it's such a good feeling, especially dropping a bomb or something you've just perfectly read, perfect weight straight into the middle. There's nothing like it. But I guess for a lot of amateurs, it's very easy to get caught up in just bombing a drive. It's You must yeah. enjoy that feeling as well. Yeah, for sure. It's so funny because a lot of my mates uh, in Newcastle have been getting into golf and, and they are obsessed 
obsessed with just the driver and yeah. seeing it up and just no one's practicing putting. Come on, yeah, they're not. And that's the thing. They're they're so um they're so they just love that so much that feeling yeah. of slotting a drive um, down the middle that they actually if they just improve their putting a little bit their handicaps will drop straight away. Um, yep. but it's it's probably seen as one of those things. It's like it's not very uh, flashy, you know, not as flashy as the drive drive down the middle. So. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that takes a few years to understand. And once you're starting to go, oh, I could, you know, shave a lot of shots if I actually knew my short game and knew how to chip and knew how to putt. Um, but, you know, I've got mates back home and we play in a social golf thing. And the first club, like they'll get their normal set of clubs, cheap set of clubs to start with, but they'll go buy a $600 driver because they just want to bomb it. And that's that's the best feeling in golf as an amateur. And, and there is no, no other feeling like crushing one down the middle. Do you... Um, do you have superstitions or, or routines for golf that you're stuck on? Superstitions. Um, I don't – I kind of uh, – I think when I was younger, I had a lot um, yeah. growing up through junior golf. I, I had a lot of superstitions. But um, I actually – it's something that I've kind of talked about with um, my mind coach about, you know, superstitions and how they're obviously um, – they're not real, um, yeah. obviously. You know, you work super hard. Like I, we always just say, like obviously, if you if you work super hard through the week and stuff, it'd be just crazy to give that all up to a superstition on the weekend when you play or in a tournament when you play, you know. Um, but I would say that my uh, putting routine, or um, just my, you know, my yeah, mainly my putting routine is very um, on point kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, to a to a T, pretty much the same every time and. Um, Sometimes that might take a couple extra extra seconds, which is probably not great for my playing partners. But um, it is something that I feel like if I can, that's one thing that I can control. When I've putted my best and hold everything is uh, something I look back on as my my routine is just um, pretty much perfect and I nail it every time. And nearly not even thinking about the putt. Um, so yeah, I've obviously uh, worked that kind of stuff out, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's a superstition. I'd just probably just say yeah, just my routine that I want to know. You don't have you time. don't have two T's in the left pocket, and, uh, <laughs> or no, you know that, what your you oh. marker marker has to be a nineteen eighty six twenty cent coin or no? No, no, I go. I I used to do that when I was younger, and I, I started going down rabbit holes. I was, yeah. I was doing all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, best shot you've ever hit? Best shot I've ever hit. Um, could be a putt. Just saying. It could be a putt. No, probably. I hit. I hit this awesome three wood. Actually, you put me on the spot here. Maybe uh, I made albatross at the Avondale Medal when I won. Uh, it was my first national ranking event. Yeah. Um, and I wow. hit. I think it was the seventh hole. I hit four iron. Yeah, just over the hill. All my um, friends and family were literally standing behind me. I just slotted this little draw down there and just kind of rolled in perfect. Other one would be my uh, my one and only hole in one, actually, um, yeah. at the Olympic Club in uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, so played, um, it was, yeah, really big amateur event over there, um, transmissed. Uh, amateur and uh, yeah I think it was the 13th hole or something like that it was 200 yards and back left flag and I just 
I, I still remember I had five iron out the whole time. And then I just went back to the bag, grabbed four iron and just hit this like perfect little chip draw. Um, yeah, I couldn't have hit a more perfect shot. It kind of just hit middle of the green, rolled out just like a putt into the back left, like just in, in the middle of the hole. And yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's, prob- yeah that, that's probably my uh, favorite shot. I'm going to nice. flip it. You might not like this one, but shot you could have again. Oh, shot I could have again. Um, Is it that shot on 11 at the Australian? You know what? I, I'd probably, yeah, I would definitely say that, yeah. Just just because that's uh, definitely, yeah, recent. It's in my mind kind of <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Don't sleep some nights, but uh, no. <laughs> oh, we, we won't bring that up again then. I'll just open up those, those emotional war wounds. Um, <laughs> no, definitely that hot, yeah. You said before, and we'll just we'll finish up uh, a little bit of PGA talk. You said you don't really watch it, but obviously we've got the major at the moment. Uh, have you caught anything of of the major that's going on? Um, honestly, not not really. To be honest, um, I kind of I'm I'm obsessed with the Masters. That's pretty yeah. much it. Eh? Yeah. The Masters and the British Open. Uh, I'm pretty obsessed with them. Them that back nine on Sunday at Augusta is like. That's what I've watched since uh, since I was a young kid, and pretty much one of the only tournaments I've watched other than that that and the Aussie Open. So uh, yeah, can't wait till uh, that comes around. But I uh, did see, uh, mate, yeah, Dustin. Yeah. He's always there. You know what I mean? He's him and Kepka. It's just every week they're there. It's yeah. that's that's the level. Man, that, yeah. that's the dream. Just yeah, I feel like every time you write them off, they just bounce back and there they are. Like, yeah. Yeah, people writing off Brooks yeah. before this and then he's there and now DJ's leading as well. And what do you, um, do you have a take on Bryson? Are you, are you a fan or not? Um, yeah, he, I guess each, each to their own, but he, he's probably, uh, probably not for me, <laughs> but. Oh. No, Can I borrow the hat? Can I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's a. I think he's a very, very uh, smart guy. That um, and he, I would say he he really enjoys being different. That's that's what I would say. He he wants to do everything different to everyone. And um, yeah, he's a he's a great player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how you know all this, um, all the crazy stuff that he's been changing and doing over the last probably six months to a year. You know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that holds up over, you know, uh, over the next 10 years kind of thing. Because uh, I think hey, it's pre- it's another one of those tough things with, with the golf swing and, and with golf just in general, you can go down these rabbit holes and never come out. So uh, you still got to be um, yeah careful about that stuff. But you know what, he's, um, he's killing it at the moment. So I can't, uh, can't go against him. Yeah, for sure. Now, look, uh, I, I thanks so much for jumping on at late notice, mate. We really appreciate it. It's been an awesome chat. Um, look forward to getting this COVID period behind us and, and seeing you dominate. Um, and, and hopefully we can chat to you soon about some more recent uh, career highlights because I'm sure there's there's plenty more to come. So thanks, buddy. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. This is, uh, it's been a pretty cool experience, actually. I've never done this before. So uh, appreciate you guys having me. I'll be, be uh, back whenever you whenever you give us a bell again. Yeah, for sure. No, it definitely will be, mate. Definitely will be. Enjoy your night. No worries. Catch you later, boys. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, Blake. How good? That was fun, mate.
Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, Blake's, he's, Blake's awesome, mate. He's it's such a, a cool, calm character, and you could tell there's just success for him in the future, which is yeah, awesome. Just the way he speaks about his game is just yeah, so so cool, calm, and and it's just you know any adversity is just like a water off a duck's back. He's gonna yeah get through it. So yeah, looking forward to yeah, watching him. Down, in the to, future. down to earth, um, very grounded, and I think it, you know it's fitting that he's with Modest Golf because I think he's a pretty modest guy, and he's obviously got a great game there and got a great support network around him. And it's it's really good to hear about those support networks around those guys and and that That's age and, and keeping them grounded because I think it's such a such a uh, you know strong thing that they need to have to to be successful in, in the future and um yeah it's awesome awesome talking to him so massive shout out and thanks to again to blake so let's wrap it up mate pga um finishing tomorrow we'll we're gonna have lots to talk about in the podcast that we'll uh, record tomorrow night but uh any any take any any picks for tomorrow so we've got this on record <laughs> well, I did have Kepka as my uh, tip for this week, so I'm riding him home like a uh, like a Melbourne Cup winner, mate. I, I want him to yeah be down the uh, be there down the stretch tomorrow. It's um, yeah, it's going to be quite uh, quite one to watch. There's a it's a stacked leaderboard. Stacked. You know, there's, there's tons of blokes in there that are that are well within a shot. So yeah. anything could happen tomorrow. It's yeah, yeah it's going to be an exciting finish. Yeah, within three, you got DJ, Cameron Champ, Morikawa, Casey, Kepka, DeChambeau, Finau, Rose, Day, Fleetwood. It is absolutely stacked. And, um, mate, Bryson bombing that 18th hole, 95-foot putt on the last. I just I, I want to – I just – him and Patrick Reed paired up today. I just wanted him to be paired up with Brooks. But we'll get it one day. But um, – Let's, you gotta uh, let's get off. You gotta get off that train, mate. My, my highlight so far has been listening to Lefty uh, do the, some commentating. That's that's been that's been fun to listen to today. <laughs> yeah, well, Lefty, Lefty, uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But he, he gave us a little shout out on uh, on Instagram and, yeah. uh, and and gave me a mention on Instagram the other day. But we'll leave that for the next podcast to talk about. But um, I've got to admit, Lefty was good commentating today, and he was stitching up Faldo and and giving it to Faldo and just body bagging him. So. That's something that we always like to see. All right, mate, we'll wrap it up. Um, another, another. well, Sunday Night Live. Sunday Night Live over and out. Mm. We're done. Um, we'll catch everyone next Tuesday. Um, we'll announce who we're talking to pretty soon for that one. But for now, mate, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy tomorrow, the first major of the year, see who the winner is. Um, but anyways, we'll catch everybody next Tuesday. Have fun at the vintage, mate. Will do, mate. Can't wait. <laughs> I've got to do my no rain dance. See you, mate. <laughs> see ya.